and gentlemen, this is Michael Dean. You're listening to Podcast Juice. This is the Michael Dean Show. Man, that song's been on hiatus. I can't even say it. Hiatus? Hiatus. Hiatus. Man, I can see. I didn't even know what it was. I wasn't working. That's how it was. Uh, you know, you just, just been on a little break. Yes, sir. Stick to producing. Here you go. Oh, here we go. Okay. Shots are fired. So when the jokes come, don't say nothing now. All right. Well, I love We're back home. But uh, yeah, joined today by Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer. How are you? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm doing great. Just busy gearing up for Thanksgiving, you know, lockdown because everybody's in lockdown. So there's no family coming up this year and that sucks. But we'll get past it. All right. And also, Aunt Pooh, sir, how are you? I'm doing good. I uh, had a great week. My baby turned three. Three going right. on 12, in my opinion. Yes, thank you. Thank you. I didn't kill her in the first three years. Which I, <laughs> no. no, I'm just saying, you know. Jesus. If you had been with me, you would have been worried. Like, oh, my God, this. Oh, my God, that. Yeah. So she's still alive. So pray for your boy. I get another 40 years out of her. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just that scary of a father. Man, you just telling on yourself. No, no, I'm just, no, I'm just saying. When you get, I, I have my baby at 40, so at 40, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get one and be done. So with me, you know, just being older, I just went, okay, seeing what some other people are going through with their children and development, and then just the world in general. I'm like, I just want to give my baby one year to year. Okay. Because that's how scary I'd be. That's, a, that's an outlook. It is yeah. an outlook. <laughs> well, congratulations on your daughter. Three years old, man. Yeah, time went by fast. It's crazy. Not fast enough. Uh, Not you fast got a whole enough. lifetime, brother. <laughs> Buckle up. <laughs> you ain't even got to the real, <laughs> to the boyfriends and the, the attitude and when they don't want the, the when they don't want to be around you no more and you want to be around them okay first of all she already don't want to be around me when mommy's here <laughs> well, <damn. laughs> come walking, i will come walking to the door with mommy she'd be like oh yeah they're back they're back and i'll stand there with my arms out she'll walk right around me and go looking for mommy and i'll be like damn okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well all right gas face uh, it'll change. They'll they'll change. They'll change. I know you baby her anyway, so Yeah, yeah, look, yeah. Of course, of course. All right. Well, uh, man, yeah, Thanksgiving uh coming up. I'm gonna actually cook my well attempt to cook my first Thanksgiving dinner. So uh -oh. we'll see how that goes. Yeah. See. First time cooking a turkey and all the other you know ancillary items that go with that. So we'll butter see. and olive oil will be your friend. Okay. Okay. Well, with that said, man, let's just get into some conversation. It's been a minute. Uh, first thing up, I guess, uh, we'll start with something, I guess, fun or I'm looking forward to. Uh, the new movie, Wonder Woman 1984, uh, has, we've talked about this movie, we've been anticipating it. Some people have. And they've been pushing it back over and over. Now we officially know that the movie is going to debut uh, at theaters and HBO Max uh, December 25th on Christmas, uh, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, I think this is the first superhero movie and big budget type movie of superhero movie that's going to come out on the streaming service and theater simultaneous, simultaneously. 
Uh, one, if you are a HBO Max subscriber, you don't have to pay any additional fee. It is just going to be there. I believe it's going to be on the service for 30 days. Uh, I think that's a... I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I wanted to see the movie anyway. Uh, theaters here in my area of the Northwest had opened briefly, but then they recently just shut back down. So that's pretty much a wrap. Uh, so now the fact that I get to watch it at home, I, I, I love it. Like, yes, I've been waiting for the day. So I'm, I'm actually excited about it. I don't know what you guys think. Big Sexy, what do you think about this? You know, I'm ready to watch it. You know, I'm just, uh, I mean, it's, as we all know, it's, it's a weird time because theaters are open and they're closed. Or you can buy a theater and watch it yourself with your own people all the social distancing, you know, and I want to see it on the big screen, but at the same time, you know, if it's going to be available on, on max, I'm all over that too. Yeah. Okay. And Pooh. So I'm of two minds here. One, it's a comic book film, a comic book film that I'm going to be able to get to see uh, relatively cheaply and for the whole family. So I'm on board. If they want to uh, usher in the era of uh director streaming, Hey, it ain't my money. They spend, they spend it or losing out on. Um, so I'm I'm excited for it. I want to see how they uh, bring back Trevor. Uh, what's his what is his name? Trevor. Well, Trevor. Let's call him Trevor. Steve Trevor. There you go. Yeah, that dude. Um, and more important to see how they set the tone with the DCEU moving forward. Um, is it going to be uh, more in line with the last few films, Aquaman, Shazam? Um, even the the first Wonder Woman, or is are they going to go dip their toe back into the uh, Snyderverse, which more dark and brooding? So I'm excited for it. On the other hand, I'm kind of scratching my head because uh, the last Wonder Woman did about 800 million. So I mean, I get it. I don't. I'm not privy to all of the information or you know the numbers that they've crunched to make this uh, as profitable as possible by going to streaming. And theatrical, but for the most part, they're probably going to get the majority of their audience via streaming. I'm just kind of confused. Like, you really going to drop that on streaming and, you know, not hold out for the, the big box office? That being said, we don't know when the, the majority of film goers are going to feel comfortable going back to the theaters. But I just just kind of curious, how much money do they anticipate getting off of this going to streaming for HBO Max? You know, and that's a, you know, I've seen this conversation a lot online, even, even our own Discord, we've been having these conversations about how much money they make or not. And, you know, it's interesting that I think all of this conversation, because we're talking about, well, one, we're talking about a product. Let's be clear, a product that we like. We're talking about an entertainment thing too, right? It's something that we like. And I think because we've been sort of, I don't know if conditioned is the word, but it's so it's been a part of the conversation of movies probably in the last 20 years or so, even more so in the last few years with the Internet, that us as a consumer, or at least part of us, it may be a small group, are so concerned of the finances of how this product would perform when I don't think we have these conversations for a lot of other products that we consume, right? It's not, we don't go around, you know, whatever favorite car you like or something. We don't care how much they make <laughs> or how much they're going to lose 
on selling us something at a certain price. We're just like, yeah, I want that. You know, we don't think about Walmart and why are they selling these so cheap? They can't be making any money. But I think because the movie industry has made that sort of the marketing to us for so many years that we are so concerned about their finances. When, you know, if we look at it, in my mind, as you said, we don't know the particulars. We don't even really know the the scant details, to be honest. All we can really go by is those numbers that they've been telling us for years. We don't see the actual profit situation. We don't, you know what I mean? We don't really know. So we're judging all of this on stuff that we have. Obviously, we have no idea. We don't even know how streaming works in terms of the business, right? Most consumers are not privy to understanding how they make money with that. We just know it costs this much money per month. And then we sit here and try to, how can they be showing all this content when they're only charging me $7? Well, that's because we don't know that business. <laughs> so, so when you sit, when they put a movie like this into the, on streaming, we're confused because we, we, we go back to the old school of box office and we're like, how does this make sense? And I guess we got to remember, well, it's not going to make sense to us if we don't have all the information, right? Um, Correct. <laughs> so to I, them, they must obviously know how, where the money's coming from and going and the longer play. They're not dealing with ticket sales. And, and even when they were dealing with ticket sales, we didn't really know how much of that money was going to the studio, how much was going to the, uh, the movie chain place. We didn't understand the breakdown of that. So I don't know. We don't need. So we didn't really understand that. We're probably not going to really understand the streaming business as it sits. Right. Um, so we. So I, it, but again, I think we think this way because the movie industry has been pushing this as a part of the marketing that I think this is the byproduct of that. And maybe we'll slowly sort of ease out of thinking about that type of stuff. But that's kind of what I've been thinking about this. Go ahead. I think you're going to say something. Yeah, I think another part of that is, is that the performance of the films, we have to take into account, um, like if it disappoints or if it totally bombs, we're not going to get those type of films again. So that, I think that's how we get invested. In Even it. that's wrong, though. Really? Well, uh, an example would be Batman v Superman or Justice League, right? Most people thought Justice League was trash. Is that you know? That's a, most people think that, right? Right. Most people don't even like Batman v Superman, right? But what are they doing? They're going to take a movie that they've already released that was a failure to most people's. Now it may have made some money, but it wasn't what people thought it was. People hated on it. They're actually reinvesting into that movie, right? Justice League, and gave the director another what seventy million dollars mm. to add to put more into that. And then to make that into a whole other four-hour extravaganza. And the rumors now are like, wow, they may actually go with the Zack thing on HBO Max and let him do other stuff, the Batman. So they have shown us that they can take things that supposedly were flops and literally show us, take the exact same movie and add shit to it and resell it to us again and got everybody, and they're doing that strictly based off of what? At least this is what they're telling us, based off of the fans. So they can, well, so, that, so that's what I said. So if a movie is so, so-called bombs or something, that doesn't mean they're not gonna do it. There's too much money involved. I don't, one movie is not gonna tank 
an entire industry plus a whole new business that they're trying to get into, in my opinion. Well, I mean, to be fair, I'm go with the well, that's different. And you know, second of because I mean, the thing about it is, is like, yes, people crapped on beat Batman v Superman and Justice League, but you know, to to quote Michael D, to be clear, those movies made money. That's right. Most movies do. But when we compare, we're comparing these movies to the billion dollar threshold, right? That Marvel movie set and anything in a similar movie that doesn't meet that. A lot of people, oh, that wasn't, they didn't, it didn't make it then. You know, they consider that a failure, even though somebody said, well, actually, if you look at the numbers, man, it made $800 million. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. but nobody liked it. Okay, but see, okay. they don't judge it by it. That's what I'm saying. They don't go by that. <laughs> they, don't go they don't go by feelings. Yeah, they go on by, and so that's what I'm saying. So-called movies that ain't successful, they ain't got no problem continuing forward with them. And they've shown us on a, on a, on an outlier level, the Justice League is like, and, and it wasn't not successful. We're going to dump more money. We'll dump a whole another film budget into that. And my man said, Zack Snyder said, we've shot all of, what, four minutes of new footage. <laughs> and we're spending 70 Wait, wait, million. wait, 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 wait. Yeah. You're giving me 70 million and I'm giving you four minutes of new footage? Of of new shot footage. Now I'm laughing to the bank. There's there's still two yeah. hours and a half of footage that was cut out of the original movie that we're going to oh, incorporate okay. into it. And of course, they're going to finish the, the special effects. But I'm just saying, like, obviously, they know something that we don't. So the whole if this movie doesn't make it, then they're not going to do this anymore. I, I it doesn't make sense to me. If they're not putting the movie in the theater anyway, then what are you judging? What would the flop be if they're not going to make it no more? That nobody watches HBO Max, I guess? Is that? But then we have no idea those numbers anyway. <laughs> they don't release that shit. They don't tell us. They just show you a top 10. Remember I said months ago, they just show you a top 10 list. But they don't put the numbers in there. So it's all cap. You don't have no idea what, we don't have no idea how they're judging this stuff. So we, so it, it, it can't be a flop. What's it a flop by? By what parameters are you judging it as a flop? If you take the box office out of it, well, then that doesn't relate to it anymore, right? And obviously, they're taking the box office out of it because they're going to put it on streaming. And they know ain't nobody going to the theater on December 25th. <laughs> That's just to appease the movie chain. Like, okay, for those that are open, yeah. But obviously, customers do not feel comfortable going into the movies, even if it is open. So it's just a new, it's a new play. It's a new playing field. You know, the old rules don't apply. And, and I'm saying we shouldn't even be so concerned about those rules anyway, unless we are part of that business and we know how it works, but I know, I don't know how it works. I don't, unless some of y'all can tell me how, how the streaming money works, then I can understand what you're talking about. But other than that, I just sound like, ah, well, why are you worried about how much they make? It's a win for customers. That's the only way I can look at it. Like, I, I'm glad I can turn my TV on and watch that movie. Uh, you know, and yeah. that's not the only movie coming out that day. Uh, the new Pixar movie comes out on Christmas, Soul, which I believe stars Jamie Foxx. What's that about, anyway? Uh, from uh, what I remember, it looks like his character dies. Jamie Foxx's character, he was into jazz or something, and he dies, and he's like in a limbo or something. 
of heaven or hell or something like that. You know, I'm just kind of going off what I remember from the trailer. But yeah, I'll be watching it Christmas Day. My kids, you know, you know cool. It's free. It's Pixar. Yep. Oh yeah, that's a Chris. That's a Christmas gift. I ain't concerned about how much money it makes. I, why, why would I? <laughs> they good. So, you know, I'm not concerned how much the Mandalorian money makes. Are you concerned about how much that makes? Not at all. <laughs> Is it good or not? It's great. <laughs> it's great. It's cool. <laughs> if they're taking a loss, oh, well, what does that matter? Oh, they're not going to make those anymore. Really? Is that what you think? Yeah, nope, because they know they got diehard Star Wars fans <laughs> yeah, that dropped that nine ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, they didn't spend $4 billion buying that for nothing. <laughs> they're going to milk the shit out of that. And to to take a phrase from Michael Dean again, let's be clear. They've already got their money back. Yeah, man. I mean, probably the merchandise sales alone on the baby Yoda. Yeah. Probably bankroll the production of that shit. And y'all went like, about we, tickets. They're like, we need four more seasons because we got four more cycles of dolls to put out. Yeah. And then they could be like, you know what? Cancel the show. And it's just all cheese from here. We ain't got to spend no more money on production. It's all green now. They're going to keep watching it. They're going to keep selling T-shirts and uh, the toys and the uh, sheets and bed covers of Baby Yoda for the next 20 years. We're caked. It was, it was great. It was a commercial. We, we got paid off of it. What are you talking Oh, but you canceled it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Give them something else to talk about. But anyway... Um, yeah, so Wonder Woman is coming. Now, the thing is with HBO Max, I don't know what you guys, I have Roku. I have a Roku TV. And they don't have HBO Max. It's not, you can't add that to the Roku. Uh, it is missing. But I did see a story uh, that finally Roku and HBO Max are in talks to bring the app to uh, the Roku app store. Because uh, right now, I've just been watching it through my PlayStation. There it is. But, but the only thing is, and hopefully HBO gets this together once they put this movie out, they don't stream in 4K. And they need to get with the times. <laughs> uh, the video snob has arrived. Yes. <laughs> I need that 4K, you know, HDR, Dolby Vision, all that, all that. Um, and they're like, as good as our content is, it don't need to be in 4K. Well, I mean, true, but not, I don't know, man. Like, so I, I tell you this: I was watching. Um, I mentioned this on the Discord. The movie Battles Battleship came out yeah. a few years ago, and it was on HBO Max. I, and I was like, oh, you know, I kind of want to watch it. I think they just added it to HBO, and I had been wanting to watch it. So I started watching it, and I was like, you know what? This movie is kind of fun. Like, I want to see this. And I'm looking at, it and I said, I know this shit is not. This is barely in HD. And I was like, man, I, let me stop the movie. So I stopped the movie and then went over to Voodoo and rented the movie. And the difference between <laughs> that HD version and the 4K was night and day. I was like, yo, this movie is, I mean, it's a cheesy movie, but the special effects and just the action of it was dope as hell. I was like, God, this looks great. So there is a difference, you know, if, if you got the screen for it, but. Uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this, man. I think I think this is going to be open the door for other movies to to come out this way. 
Um, I know a lot of the movie chains have been announcing deals in the last week with some of the studios where they've shortened the release time for the movies. You know, it used to be like, what, 90 days, 70 days? Now I think it's down to like seven days on some of these. And it's like if the, if the movie makes over 50 million, then they got to stay in the theater a little longer, which tells me what's probably going to, what we'll probably see happen is the big movies that people kind of want to see. And if the theaters do kind of open back up, if people go to see those, they'll stay in the theater a little longer before they shift online. But all of these other non big movies, you'll see them. They'll, they'll be in a theater for maybe a week and then boom, right online. Cause nobody's going to go out and watch those movies that aren't the big event movies. They're just, they want to see them at home, you know, which, you know, it is, it is the way it is anyway, but yeah, I'm excited. And, Go ahead. and before people get to talking about the death of the industry, decline of films, the, um, uh, the, uh, diverse, uh, different types of films are out there. You got to remember there's Amazon, there's Netflix, there's Hulu, there's, um, Disney Plus, well, maybe not so much Disney Plus, but there's definitely uh, HBO Max, there's Peacock. So there's avenues for people, for these streaming services that are desperate for good content. So you just got to be willing to find it. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably opens the door. Not probably, it opens the door for more creators to get their movies out because it was such a tight avenue to get into the theater before. Now you don't have to deal with that. You, these streaming services need content. So you're starting to mm -hmm. see a lot more creatives get their shows out there than before to me. I mean, I was just looking on my Voodoo the other day and, you know, you look at the featured list and they'll show you the movies that people are watching. And I swear all of these like hood movies all of a sudden are showing up in the main list of movies. I'm like, well, what, how did all of these get added all of a sudden? And people are, almost, are actually watching these. But, you know, those movies, or to me, it seemed to disappear for a while. Because I remember back in the DVD day, everyone was dropping a movie on DVD. It was places to buy them. But then DVDs fell out. Uh, and I think that market was kind of missing for a while. But now I think they've somebody got the plug to the streaming service. Yo, get your movie on Amazon. or woo -woo -woo. So there's just a lot more avenues uh, to put out content. And me personally... I like all the movies. I like all the good movies. So the big budget ones, cool. If it's dope, I'm going to watch it. The, the smaller budget, if it's dope, cool, I'm going to watch it. Like, I, I want them all. I just want them to look pristine. That's my whole thing. Um, so. 4K. Got to have oh, it. Oh, yes. Got to have it. 4K. But um, speaking of movies, there is one movie I wanted to talk about in... I hate to spoil it because to talk about it in depth would despoil the movie. The movie has been out for a little bit on streaming. Uh, the movie I'm talking about is Antebellum. Oh, oh, I see that. Yes. I saw it. Spoil away. I think we all oh, okay. saw it. Okay, I think we saw Yes. Uh, starring Janelle Monet. Uh, it should have been subtitled real, A Real Nigga Wake Up Call. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so, well, good. So I'm going to tell you this to the audience right now. If you don't want to know anything about this movie, you want to tap out right here. Uh, we're going to spoil this. And this is one of those movies where you have to watch it without knowing what it is. 
exactly yeah it's just it's just the way this movie is so i hate to say that but you need to turn this off unless you just don't give a damn but with that said yeah that said we're going to talk about this movie the premise of the movie is that uh janelle monet's character at the beginning of the movie you think you're watching five years of slavery or something like they're in the south whatever slave days and Brothers is trying to escape, getting beat down. It's just some slave shit. I was watching it. I'm like, okay, you know, seen this type of stuff before, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. But there was something that happens early on in the movie where one of the, the black ladies was trying to escape or something, and they catch her. And I happen to notice she had a, a gold chain around her neck with the cross on it. Oh, good catch. And I was looking at that, and I was like, Wait a minute. They didn't have that back then, but I'm like, maybe I'm... Did they have that back then? I was like, uh, okay. It just caught my eyes. I was like, that's kind of weird. And then think nothing of it after that and just started watching the movie. What is revealed later on in the movie, and here's the spoiler part, is that this is taking place in today's time. This slavery thing that we see is really the product of black people being kidnapped and they're taken to this like a, it was a civil war reenactment civil war reenactment theme park theme yeah. park and i guess there's an isolated park part in this park where these white folks is actually doing slave time in this place and they've been and what they're doing is they've been kidnapping the quote-unquote uppity negroes <laughs> yep who've been you know who are out there speaking truth to power they be snatching them people up and throwing them in this situation and when you realize that's what's going that's the whole i was like this is a horror movie like that's that would be a i would be scared as hell if i was black and that actually happened and as i was watching that when that happens i was like man this is this is crazy um i don't and let me say this just to get my thoughts on the movie the movie is not as good as it should have been to me but I love the premise of it. Uh, I thought I didn't like the way it sort of. Yeah, I wanted to see more of her revenge mm-hmm. at the end, you know. And uh, people I, needed to die. Yeah, man, I, yes. yeah, I needed to see it go down, or I would have loved to have seen it expand, where maybe they got revenge, but they ultimately was snatched back or killed, and we saw that it wasn't just some small little group of people that were doing this mm. at the thing, but it was more widely known was a shadow, you know, part of some government thing or or they were on code where no, we're doing this around the country. You know, and this is the body harvesting. This is the human trafficking is going down. I could, like, I, you know, I could see a, it might, you know, it might go more to the hokiness, but I could see a sequel where it's like antebellum two. you know, it takes a nation of millions or something. <laughs> it was like, we see as a, a wider scope of this, but I thought the premise of this movie was very interesting. I'm actually shocked. I didn't see most people talking about this movie. I thought, but maybe it's because of the pandemic that people didn't get to see it. Right. But, uh, but, 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 and Pooh, what did you think of this movie? Well, based on the trailer, I thought it was, uh, a take on, uh, Kindred. I don't know if you've read that, uh, Octavia, Octavia Butler film where I thought like she was doing some time travel type thing or mm. her body or soul. So when 
I, I think uh, the first act, I was like, okay, so where's the futuristic stuff? Where's the where's the hook? Where's the? T-? I was just waiting and waiting and waiting, and then they just woke up. She uh, spoiler, she woke up in her bed. I was like, okay, here we come. And but then I find out it was the flashback, and I was like, I still was kind of confused. Like, okay, what the fuck is going on? And then when the the scene occurs where she gets kidnapped, I was like. I was like the the brother in the movie theater. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, that's way fucking worse. I, I was like, so that's when I just, I really just perked up and got into it. I was like, because earlier in the film, there was the one black man where he called uh, the overseer a cracker. I was like, right. Okay. What's going on? I was like, he bold as hell. But I guess he knew, like, you can't whip my ass. You just got a ton of, you just got a ton of people uh, that got your back. But yeah, when I saw that scene, I was like, okay, this is kind of interesting that they showing the slaves like boss up like that. But then knowing that, okay, you took me from my life and I'm I'm really not a slave. I was like, God damn, this movie's getting deep as hell. Totally missed the uh, the cross chain. But um, just knowing who they were selecting to get put on this plantation, to put them in their place, mm-hmm. knowing that here was, here was a, a free person in the 20th century that only heard about these horrors. And now, you know, she's being raped every night. She's yeah, that was seen, wild, man. She's seeing children getting raped. She's seeing these black men being emasculated and, and uh, just uh, totally demoralized and mistreated. I'm just like... I, I couldn't imagine that. I'm, I'm like, I don't know how you would deal with that, but that whole premise, you're right. It's scary as hell. And I will agree with you. I I, I did need a more satisfying ending where, you know, I, I wanted them to go out Nate Turner. Exactly. But um, I, what I was that like little white girl that, where, where is she at? They, they had little kids <clears throat> in there, man. The one in the elevator? Yeah. Wasn't I don't she know where the, she went. She was in the, at the, at the start. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's wild, man. Yeah. Like I said, this was a this was a scary ass film. <laughs> you know? people, it's like people when they first saw the trailer, it was like, ah, oh, damn, not another slave right. narrative. But then when I saw the the modern day stuff, I was like, okay, it's still a little slave narrative, but I'm thinking this is kindred ish. But when I really found out what this movie is about, I was like, oh man, um, this get this been the this, the 2020s version of Get Out right there. Yeah, I wish they would have kind of, and, and again, I'm, I guess you couldn't, you didn't want to give it away in the marketing, but the marketing to me made it look like something I didn't want to see, or I thought, oh, this is going to be some kind of corny, they want to do Get Out, but I didn't think it was, I just had no, I thought it was going to be on some supernatural type stuff. That's why I was like, eh, I don't want to see yeah, that. It's but, a Get Out for you. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's a, it was on cold for real. Um, and, and props to uh, Janelle Monet. She oh, played that role. Um, I, she's she's a really good uh, singer, musician, writer. But she, if it hasn't been abundantly clear before, she has a place in Hollywood, and I'd love to see her in some really good vehicles. Yeah, big, 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 sexy. What do you think of the movie? You know, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago. We were seeing some of the uh, <clears throat> the solicits for it on um, another the slave movie, and generally, and I, I have no problem saying this, when you recommend something, I always give it a look, always, because generally you're right. 
I'm like, well, Mike is saying this is a good flexibility. I feel the, I feel the, but this time. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm like, let's see what Mike's talking about on this one. Now, I must admit, for the first 40 minutes, like, this mother <laughs> shit. <laughs> and then when she fell asleep and wakes up in her own place, like, wait a minute, what's going on here? I'm thinking, do we have some sci-fi type deal? Is she, you know, out of body experience the whole nine? And then she goes out with Gap. Gap. I'm gonna fuck her name up. Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Oh, that's right. She is. That's right. Uh, Ooh, that's right. She was on her name? choose me, pick me. Oh yes, she Lord, was. Lord. <laughs> she, you know, because she went with her girls and they're doing their thing, and it turns out that you know Janelle's married and got a little girl. I'm like, what? What the hell's going on here? And then the scene where she gets in her Uber and takes off. And that white woman who snuck into her place, mm. you know, was driving like, okay, something's cooking here. Then they grab her up. I'm like, okay, I see what's happening now. And then they're back at the, uh, fuck it, call what it is, the plantation. And my man had the cell phone. Mm. I'm like, oh, yeah, he got to go. And then it just went down from there. And then they had the fight scene where the chick rolled up on. Janelle, Janelle's like, oh, I don't think so. <laughs> and they had to, they had to figure that out, you know. But just the scope of an operation like that, even if if it was a one shot, the amount of corruption and dirt involved in doing one location like that, you you know, you got missing people reports, and these aren't just you know. Like you said, these are, quote, uppity Negroes. So they got resources and people looking for them. And no one's seeing them. They just disappear. Right, right. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. And again, I'm not a violent person, but I could easily see taking lives at the, at the end of this. Easily. Yeah, man. I mean, was, she was getting raped. Not, not cool under any circumstance. That one chick was wanting to fight, and now it, re- it made sense to me why that I, why that one chick was so like fighting back about it. Yep. And because at first I was like, "What do you, you? You're in slave time. How are you so like, you know, pushing back?" But now I see why. She was like, "This is some bull." <laughs> it was wild. The, the scene where they show the plane flying overhead, you know, the really just push home to you, like, "Yep, yes, this takes place right now." Oh, wait like, a minute. God oh, damn! Yeah. Imagine that if. You had to sit there, and because then again, remember they were picking; they were literally picking cotton. And there's a scene early on where they're burning the cotton, and I was like, "Why are they burning the cotton?" I was like, "Something is going on here, man." Now I understand; they they just had them doing it just to be doing it, and that's a hell of insulting as well. Like, yeah, that's wild. Man. The guy on the horse, I guess when you call him an overseer, I could kill him right now. <laughs> and not lose a minute of sleep behind it. Yeah. You know, that's just, uh uh-uh, yeah, no. Man, it's a trip, man. Yeah, I, I would say watch that movie. Even now you know what it is. <laughs> it's, inter- it's an interesting movie. Like I said, I, I love the yeah, premise of that. It's interesting. It'd be an interesting movie. Um, yeah, anything else on this before we move on? Kind of got to keep, keep it moving. No, I'm good. Uh, no. Okay, real quick. I don't want to get too caught in this in a short time, but I have to mention this, and I know and Pooh got to see this. If you want to see some super entertaining slash cringe slash hilarious TV, go and watch 
Law and Order Special Victims <laughs> Unit. <laughs> Uh, I think it's season <laughs> 22, the first episode called Guardians and Gladiators. I'm not one of those Karens. <laughs> oh, you saw that? <laughs> man, they, the writers must have had a checkbook. Oh, man. Like, we have to hit every. And here's one thing. I was again to get into it. This is the first piece of movie, TV show that I has seen that has COVID in it. And, and, you know, oh, they, no, they, no, no, no. Not they, me. Oh, really? I, this is the first time I've seen the show. They, they, they had COVID almost to the point I just thought they were overdoing it a little bit. But I was like, OK, they got masks and they keep mentioning, you know, people taking it off. And I was like, OK. But this is this was wild. Uh, it starts off with a Karen incident. Right. <laughs> it's a Central Park, I guess. And the black guys, you know, he's filming. I didn't do nothing. And then the cops are coming. Tell him to put his hands up. They discover then that there's a body in the bushes. Why this is happening. And the white lady's like, oh, see, that's why I knew something. He did something. And he's like, huh? <laughs> that's, that's the one that got me. I was like, really? Yeah, I was like, wow. this, I was like this is crazy. And then the thing about, the, man, I don't know where to start. The, the dude that was in the bushes, Asian cat. Let me just say, he was essentially raped into Ooh. a coma. Like, you just wrap that in your mind. Like, whoa. I was like, huh? They trying to say that the brother may have beat this dude up. You come to find out, because, you know, if you watch Law and Order, they always have other shit. There was another dude, this white dude. And, and man, the guilt. On the writers, boy, they had to paint the white man on such a predicament in this episode. It's just crazy to me. They had him start out as he was on his Black Lives Matter. He was, you know, <laughs> yep. he, he was yep. he was, you know, out there protesting. They saw the brother getting gaffled up. He's, you know, with his Black Lives Matter, he's screaming, defund the cops. You know, I was like, I was like okay. Hey, hey, you know, I, I've seen that. But then they tie that he actually has something to do with the guy that got raped. So you have to let this sit in your mind. This dude, BLM, defund the cops. Now he is a brutal, and in my opinion, sadistic, rapist. He's raping other men to the point where they, you know, bleeding from the anus and in a coma. I'm just like, whoa. I'm just like, huh? And then... He's also on his, what had happened was, he's an <laughs> asshole, and he's like got a story for everything. Well, see, I, I, okay, you know what? Actually, I did meet him, and what had happened was, he was drunk, and we went walking down to the park, and then they're like, well, how did you get, we're going to be checking for semen on his drawers. I mean, I was like, whoa. That, that's the one that got me. I was he like, was like, huh? He was like, he was aggressive. He forced yeah. himself on me. They were like, well, we found your DNA in his underwear. He was like, oh. He was like, we'll oh, see what right. happened. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, stop. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I actually, I had to pause and was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> Come on, bro. Yeah, he was all over the place. And then, you know, the lawyer, he's got a lawyer that comes in on code. Don't say nothing. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And then I'm skipping over a lot, but the white dude, when he gets in the court, he flips it again. Oh. 
where see you can't touch trust the cops. Yep. You know, he he was all he was yep. like awesome. He was BLM defund. I'm raping dudes so they in coma somewhere on cold white supremacy and then flips it back to he's the victim. I was like, who? If they didn't arrest it? a black man, none of this would happen. Exactly. Oh, okay. I was like, what? Oh. When he started saying that, I just looked like you got to be kidding. And then they showing the grand jury. They're like, mm, uh, yeah. Oh, the grand jury was like, foul. And I was the looking at them like, y'all gonna believe this boy? I was like, I, mean, okay. I, I was like, I hope Mark sees this because I, I had so many questions. I was like, huh? Is this what they can, do? They get to do that where they asking questions and they offer oh, yes. comments and stuff. Interesting. Well, you shouldn't be offering commentary, but you do get a chance to ask questions to the grand jury. Yes. Okay. Oh. And, man. and then the other part of what's going on in the show is, I don't know the the lead white lady. She's the main star of the show. Mariska. Boy, they had to they had to throw her. You know, all under the bus. Yeah, they had to have her feel it. You know, they had to shame the white woman. You know, even the lead character. Well, she got dressed down by this black lady during some questioning yeah. thing or something. Well, how come you didn't? How come you chose to, you know, call the police or something? You know, she had to deal with her bias, you know, and all this and start crying. Well, you can save the team. You know, I was like, oh, Lord, I know they, they drenched, they drenched in guilt. They just had to write all this. And even toward the end, when the black dude was exonerated, he loses his job. Still. And he's, he's fucked because he dealt with the cops and she goes back and is trying to, and he's like, he basically was like, save, save your tears, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, used to, and I was just like, God, they didn't have to throw all of this in this episode. They could have dished it. They just like, they tried to tackle every little thing that was happening right now. And it's, it's just, it was too much to me. I just was like, God, this is just, I don't, I hope this isn't the direction all media TV shows go where they just got to well, overcompensate. It's just, it was too much. Well, I was, that it was a little too much now that you put it out there like that but I enjoyed every minute of it <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it's enjoying the, the show is one of them shows you I, I always talk back I'm like bullshit like, and, and I hate this I hate the the stars of the show like I mean I hate their I hate that white woman I, I'm starting to hate Ice-T he was uh, wow I know he's probably getting more screen time now but I was like, man, they got ice looking crazy on this show right now. I was just like, ah. And everybody just has a pompous attitude. I can't stand. Anyway, well, I mean, the thing is, is they're playing the police. So it's in, they got to have a nuanced portrayal. And at the same token, I, and I hope, like you said, I hope this isn't a one-off thing. Well, no, no, yes, you said you, you hope it is. But I'm hoping it isn't a one-off thing because that story does need to get told. I remember Andre Bauer, I believe that's his name. He plays mm -hmm. the police captain on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and he was saying that we just can't be playing these good hero cops because that's not the case out there. So we need to have these nuanced stories, these nuanced conversations, these nuanced portrayals of the police. And, you know, part of that is, is that, yeah, you might be saving lives, but not everybody's feeling you like that. And I kind of enjoy, you know, them getting their asses handed to them on this case. <laughs> but part of me was like, okay, wait a minute. He just gets to walk. And, sh and another part of me, it got me in my feelings. Okay. Yes. The brother was exonerated, but the white man gets to walk too. Right. Uh, that was what I said. That's why I said that was bullshit. Like, 
I was like, come on. I was like, this dude raped that dude into a coma, man. Like, the fuck? <laughs> That's some sick you know, shit, man. When they go back to the hospital and they're talking to the victim's brother, and then yeah, he starts to yeah. break bad. Yeah, if you wouldn't, yo, rest the black man, this yeah. wouldn't happen. Uh, yeah, it would have. Okay. <laughs> you know, your brother getting whatever is independent of the black guy getting jammed up on, on, by Karen. So don't even try it. Don't even try it. Mm, I don't know about that. It was. The guy was already in the bushes when the whole Karen thing went down. Yeah. All of it. That had already happened. That already happened. Okay. So mm. he probably wouldn't have been found as quickly, maybe as quickly, yeah. <laughs> but that was, it wouldn't have stopped nothing. Yeah, my my thing is my my the thing that pissed me off from the jump was you really think a brother on top of that then just beat and rape somebody that's what in the I was park? Like, yeah, that's what <laughs> and I was gonna like, stand what? around and start arguing with Karen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I was like, this is wild. I was like, this don't make no sense, like. No, I say that, and then they portray the the actual rapist being up in the park trying to start a black uh, defund the police chat. But, but I'm just saying, I, you know, it takes. <sighs> I just can't see a brother doing that. Like he ain't hanging around, working out, and getting <laughs> hemmed up by Karen. I just, and even if, yeah, I just brutally raped down some dude. That's, and he's not a. And then they was like, well, he got warrants. And it's like, yeah, he got. <sighs> he was BLM. Protest. I was like, ah, so y'all you're doing too much. I was like, ah, stop it. <laughs> and the thing is, and I've said this a million times, when you are confronted by the police, what do you do? Shut the fuck up. True. That was all he needed to do. You know, we're gonna take you in. All right, go ahead. Oh, we think you raped this guy. Okay, go ahead. Take a DNA swab. Oh, nothing for nothing on me. Goodbye. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the shows. I, I watch the show from time to time. It is very entertaining. It, it would definitely it leaves me. Oh, like, Twenty two years, man. Damn. Yeah, that's that's great. I watched. I'm not gonna go into, it, but I watched another one from a couple seasons ago, and it was. It must have been a take on Beyonce and Jay Z. So what? essentially, yeah, essentially, and I and I and I stopped on it because uh, Snoop Dogg was in the thumbnail, right? So I was like, what? It, and it was so funny. What's the brother? Ah, I'm taking too long. He was on American Gods, the black dude, and I guess he got taken off the show. Orlando Jones? Orlando Jones essentially plays a Jay-Z, or, you know, he, he plays a rapper. That nigga look old as hell. But <laughs> when they got, so the beginning of the show is, is it, the, the beginning of the show is hilarious. It's this chick, it's like a Beyonce knockoff. She's driving down the street with basically nothing on, and she gets pulled over by the cops, right? And they bend her over her Whoa. hood and start searching, you know, her ass and titties all bulging out. And dudes start feeling on her. I'm like, what is going on here? And she snatches the gun out of the cop's holster, right? And it's like, put him up. And she makes the other cop drop his gun. And I'm like, what is this? Come to find out it was a music video, right? And then she starts doing all her dancing, you know, and it sounds like some Beyonce music or something. I was like, this is hilarious. Um, and then she's with her, she has her little daughter, like Blue Ivy or what is, is that her name? And the, and her bodyguard takes the daughter back to the house, you know, cause they separate. And when the bodyguard, he notices the door is open in the apartment. So he pulls the gun out, goes upstairs, come to find out Beyonce's laying, you know, somebody beat her in the back of the head. She laid out. 
So when the cops come, her husband is a big time gangster rapper type dude. And he's doing a concert at the Apollo. So Ice-T, of, of course, coincidentally, he was raised in the streets and he knows he was the best friend of that gangster rapper. So let me take this one. So he goes to the Apollo and yanks him off stage. And it's that one dude I just mentioned earlier, right? But when you see him, I was like, that dude is way too old to be playing some rapper that would be at the top of the game. It, it just looked funny. He looked like an old uh, Ike Turner pimp dude, but was as a rapper. <laughs> I just was like, Who's, who casted this? And they think he did it. And then you come to find out he was in a beef with this other rapper and it, the other rapper was Snoop Dogg. Uh, and, and of course, it, it goes even further from there. But it was just so hilarious. I was like, I know Beyonce, Jay-Z, like, won't they just leave us the fuck alone? Because <laughs> it's so obvious that's who they're trying to make this show up, you know, who, who they were covering in the, in the episode. All right, no spoilers at all. I'm going to ask one question. Did you guys watch Blue Sky or Big Sky? I yes, seen. I did. I that okay. ending. Right. Well, let me watch it. But well, what's the premise of this? Isn't somebody gets abducted or something? Just yep. watch it. Just is it only it's, one episode so far? Yes. Yeah, oh, okay. one episode. This okay. is the premiere it, episode. It's good, uh, and it's good. You guys it's like it. good. The way you were look, the way you were screaming at the screen about yes. some of the dumb stuff that's going on. Yes. It's in this. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> and then the ending is gonna have you like, wait a minute, what the? What? <laughs> wait, hmm. What? What? Mm-hmm. So, Man. Yeah. Oh, and this comes on regular TV. Regular yeah. TV. Radio. ABC. I hope it's on Hulu or something. Yeah, it's all. That's how I watched it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I just hate watching these shows, and I gotta wait. You know, another week to see the next one. But I, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll watch it tonight. All right. Well, I think the first episode is a must watch. Just must all the stuff that's watch. going on. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, you used to be like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm, you're gonna be a little triggered by uh, something goes on with the sister. Where you're gonna be like, oh come on. <laughs> All right, y'all say no more. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch, watch it. it. Watch okay, okay. Um, man, we're just going down a lot of TV stuff. Um, did you guys see the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion? I did not see it, but feel free to spoil. Oh, I won't say too much. Uh, did you watch it, Aunt? Have you seen it? Aunt Pooh, we can't hear you. Yeah, sorry about that. No, no, I haven't been able to. I just okay. seen a couple of clips. Well, I will say this. Um, I was not a super fan of The Fresh Prince. I maybe I seen the first season and kind of watched here and there. Um, but I so I went into this knowing though I know about the beef between Aunt Viv and Janet. I mean, uh, excuse me, Janet, Aunt Viv, and Will, and the rest of them. So I was very curious to see that. But I will say this was a really good reunion show. It is a it's damn near a tearjerker, you know, especially when they get to the dad. Uh, Uncle Phil, J- James Avery, Uncle Phil. That's why I can't watch it, man. That was my guy. Okay, yeah, you. They're gonna get you. <laughs> we'll get you when they get to him. I mean, it was just, uh, I, again, not knowing, super fan of it, but I could see the camaraderie and the love between all of them, and it's kind of like watching a real family kind of get together. But the part with Will and Janet and Viv was really good, and. I, that's another kind of tear jerkery type of moments as well. And so I would just say it's a watch. It's a must watch, even if you didn't really watch the show like that. It, this show is unto itself very entertaining, uh, very heartfelt. Um, I actually 
also, I see that there's a new Red Table Talk. Yeah, did you watch that yet? I, I actually watched it. half of that, and and they show the some of the stuff from the reunion is in this. The, you know, the conversation between Will and her, but they but the Table Talk shows more of it. Really good stuff. Uh, I think it was really good to see because it shows people even if they had a long stemming feud or you know going at each other as you've gotten older and the maturity sets in and you realize you know you're not going to be here that long them able to come together and and deal with the head on of what was going on and get past it I thought that was beautiful to see particularly from a man and woman standpoint and even from a generational standpoint because she was older than he was at the time and he was like kind of becoming a star and everything and to hear what she went through uh it, it was it was fucked up. Like everything that she lost about it, dealing with somebody big like that. And I'm glad he. And hopefully it was real. I'm glad he heard her and could internalize his actions and what happened with that. I, I, I just can't. I can't say enough. I thought it was really good. Like I think people need to see that. I, I, I'm like this is what needs to be playing on the point scoring. <laughs> Ch- channel <laughs> and our Discord <laughs> because man the only part and, and again not everybody was cool there was there's a part you'll notice when they bring Janet to the rest of the cast members you don't ever see her in frame with Alfonso at all and he seems to be gone after the point when she kind of joins everybody else now they've come back and said oh he had to go film America's top videos. Stop. Just, just say you wasn't feeling it. I, I can respect it. You say, you know, she was talking too greasy. I'm cool. You know, I, I'm, I'm getting bag over here. I don't need it. You know, keep it moving. But that was the only little funny thing about it. But um, excellent show. Excellent reunion show. You know, and it, it's kind of interesting you say that because I'm thinking, okay, does this mean that uh, there's hope for uh, Monique, Lee Daniels, and Oprah? I would hope no. so. I, I would hope so, though. I, I think it was just as bad. And actually, I would say, I think Aunt Viv Lady went through worse. I think you she know. went through worse, but she wasn't as poisonous as Monique has been. Oh, I, I disagree. No, no, I disagree. I disagree. She, she talked about his wife. So yeah, she oh, went. She's, they got, she they played a video of her going in on, on Will Ooh, that he had never okay. seen. And he was like, man, I had never saw that. They told me, <laughs> they told me don't ever watch that. And, and, Damn. And, and, she's, and there was stuff she said about Carlton, dude. I think she was calling him his bitch or. Oh. I mean, yeah, she was going there. She's going in. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know. And, and you but, wonder why he wasn't there. But, right. That's why I said I can imagine. But, you know. And, but, I mean, people giving Will Smith props, but it's like, and I'm not diminishing it at all, but it's like, he won. <laughs> So it's like this doesn't mean much to him. Maybe uh, you know, just time and you like you could he could be the bigger person and let's just let's just squash this out there. It's like like he was saying, you can't do the reunion. He want you want to do this reunion show, but there is that elephant in the room of the original Aunt Viv. And it, in my opinion, it, it would be kind of hard to keep that beef going when you know you're gonna have this real probably emotional moment talking about Uncle Phil. So it's like, you know, we really going to keep that beef going when we're going to talk real about, you know, our fallen cast member. 
So, you know, props all the way around because he could have, you know, just said, screw it. She didn't, I don't like what she said about me. I'm going to keep her out. But, you know, props to Will. Yeah. No, I mean, hopefully she got a nice, they all got a nice little bag out of this as well. I'm sure they did. Uh, and hopefully for me, because they're doing that dramatic reboot, you know, they give her a couple of episodes. You know, they, they write her in the, the show for something. Wait, wait, wait. So this is an ongoing? No, 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 no. I think this is something totally new actor. Or it's like a reboot. I don't think it's, it's nothing to do with these guys. But Right. Okay. Because yeah. uh, there was a, I can't think of the guy's name. He They did a, uh, a fan casting. What if they... Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in the 2000s, well, I guess the modern day and made it a, a drama instead of a comedy. And it got picked up. And I believe uh, Will Smith is going is part of the production and it's supposed to be debuting in the next couple of years. Yeah. They're not going to call it Fresh Prince, are they? I think, I think yeah. It, yeah. I think it was called Bel-Air. You know, okay, to you take a derivative of it. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, um, yeah salute to to all involved, that was really good. And you know, I, I I love Will Smith, but I can see how he some he could probably seem like a I won't say egomaniac, but I can see he's used to being on top and dictating certain things. But it's, he seemed genuine. He's earned it. To yeah. well, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying in terms of how he could have handled dealing with her, he seemed to humble himself when they were talking, and. I think it was interesting to him probably to to see the other, to see how she saw him and how she was affected by the things he was doing. And he may not, I don't think he actually knew the ramifications of his actions on somebody like her. And, you know, to his defense too, he was only 21 years old. You know, and, Let me ask you this. What was the genesis of the problem with those two? So quickly what had happened, I guess she had gotten pregnant. And so she couldn't work as much. Obviously, she wanted to, you know, she was going to have a baby and they were filming. And I guess they came to her with a deal. And one of the things she she was saying, they were, you know, they were going to have me work less. And then I couldn't do anything else either. So I would be out of work. And I had, you know, a new baby coming. You know, my husband wasn't working. I just bought a house. You know, I needed to keep working. And they weren't going to allow me to work. And they were going to pay me less. And, you know, trying to. Uh, express these things to Will, but he he doesn't want to deal with you know. What I mean, he was like on his he was on his Will Smith. He was young, so he just was like, "Oh, she doesn't want to do what I say." You know, this is all about me. What do I care about her? Type of deal. And they even played the footage at Will on an interview saying, "Yeah, she's hard to work with, or she's difficult, or something like that." And she said that was the death nail for me, like. When you say a black woman is hard to do, to work with in this business, nobody's going to mm. fuck with you. Plus, when somebody like you say it, yeah, then I'm done. <laughs> you know, they're not going to hire me. They don't want to mess up. They don't want to be you mad at them. And she was just like, it just snowballed from there. And she's like, when I came back to work, I wasn't being hard to deal with. I just didn't talk to nobody no more because I didn't know who to trust. And nobody wanted to help me or nothing. And she's like, you know, I was 30 something years old, about to be a mother and I needed some help, but you were on your, you know, you were on your thing, doing your thing. And because you kind of blackballed me, I was done and everybody thought I was mad. And, you know, 
she was just like saying, you know, people, it got to the point where people were smash, smash food in my kid's face. You know, like, oh, you should, should be fucking with Wheel and, you know, they would give me death threats and all this. And she's like, I just had 30 years of all of that. You know, I'm just, I, I'm tired. Like, I don't want it like that anymore. You know, like, I don't think you understood really the power that you have out here in these streets. <laughs> you know, the black, she's like the black community was done with me. They was on, they was with Will Smith. I, I was the, the mad black bitch. You know? Well, you know. You well, know. Say, well, well, the thing is, at a certain point. the mad black bitch videos out. Well, at, at, well. That, at, yeah, at that point when she's lost everything, right? You know, and no one, yeah, you're going to be that, right? I, I'm not, I'm not mad at her for doing that. Cause again, what else can you do? She can never get in touch with him. Like he's on a whole other level. And she ain't gonna never work in the game no more. <laughs> so what else does she have left but to go off? You know, you lost your house, and she's like, my family lost me. You know, I, I ruined my family name. You know, I was done. So yeah, she's gonna strike back. But I think it's important for him as a. And he says, you know, I have a family now, and I've been married, and now I can understand what you were going through back then. I could have never. You know, I didn't I didn't care about that. And so for him now, he can realize no matter how much money I thought I was getting in this stuff. I never wanted I wanted my actions to have this opposite effect on people than what they had on you. So, you know, what I mean, and he was like and then he had a psychiatrist with him on the Red Table Talk really breaking down. Like, why was he doing those things? And he was like, you know, I was just a little kid. I was a scared little kid. And he traced it back to his parents and how his dad used to beat his mom and all he would do was just try to tell jokes and make them laugh to get their approval. And he's like, Aunt Viv, back then, you know, she was super talented. You know, she was way more talented than I was. I wanted her uh, respect and approval. And the only way I knew how to do it was to have a big entourage and telling jokes and da da da. And if she's not laughing at my jokes with well, them, fuck her, you know, uh, I, I'm going to get her out of the way. Because I'm, I turn into a scared little boy and she doesn't want to give me approval. So I, I got the power to remove her, not understanding that I'm going to shit her career by doing it. So it, it was just very Oof. good. You know, I, I actually hope, and he don't have to do this, but I hope he was like, you know what, on the low. Yo, here's that. Yo, you good? Take this. You good. Keep that between us. You know, you was a part of the game. You was a, I, I'll probably, you know. She was a pivotal part of that show. Here you go. Yeah, I mean, respect to Daphne uh, Reed, but everybody <clears throat> talking know, about the original Aunt Viv. Yeah. You know, I will say this. Now, granted, I did not watch the show as much as you know you did either. Like you didn't, Mike. Uh, I liked James Avery because I knew his work uh, from periodic experiences on LA Law, and when I would watch him on Fresh Prince, I liked. Him, you know, jazz got on my damn nerves, and I didn't give a shit about anybody else. I like watching James Avery. Now, having said that, back in the mid '80s, I believe on Melrose Place, uh, they brought in this soap actress from another network. She got pregnant. It became a problem. Why? Because her pregnancy was fucking up the shooting schedules. Now, I'm not saying Aunt Viv or Janet, call her by real name. Janet should have run past anybody the fact that she wants to start a family 
But I can understand from a production standpoint, we got things we need to get done. If you're not here, we can't do them. So I can see that being a problem. But putting it all on Will, he's a kid. He's 21. He's a kid. He's not the executive producer. So if, he had, if she had beef or any discussion about it, she should have went to Benny Medina and Quincy Jones at NBC. And leave the kid alone. It, it, hey, it's quite possible. But you know, in those situations, they're going to listen to the star, and if the star ain't feeling you, they're going go to go that way. It's just, it's just the way it is. And she was saying that the deal they gave was sort of retaliation type of thing. Like, oh, we're going to put you in your place. Yeah, I don't, yeah that's possible. So. But if she can't work because she's, you know, on maternity, which is great, but if she can't work, why are we paying you? Well, then, well, why, why prevent her from working anywhere else? That was her uh, is, that, is that what I, I mean, if she can prove that, then she's got a case. Well, that's what she said all along. She said, they, was, they told me I couldn't work nowhere. I said she was saying, that's why I said, I, I was the breadwinner. I need to work. Like, I cannot work. And this is, I lost my house. I lost everything. But, you know, it's under water under the bridge, obviously, now. They're yeah, able to yeah. squeeze it out. But, it's, you know, it's an interesting story I saw. We'll wrap this up here. But I, it was a similar video I saw on, I think her name is Dawn. Uh, the, she was in En Vogue, and then she was in the Lucy Pearl oh, group. Oh, Dawn Robinson. Dawn Robinson. There's a video that just I recently just saw. It's an older video. And she was talking about Raphael Sadiq and why she left that band so abruptly and what was going on with that. And it's kind of the same type of thing. She was like, well, you know, uh, Raphael, we didn't get a big advance for Lucy Pearl. And, you know, I had just bought a house and I needed some money. And so I asked him, you know, what can we do? And he was just kind of telling me like, well, just go to the label and ask them for a deal or something like that. She was like, she was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like it would be unprofessional. We, I'm already, we already have a deal. Why would I go do a solo thing? And to the point where she was like, well, I'm going to stick with you with this. Let's try and figure it out. And I think she said that ultimately what ended up happening, she ended up losing her house uh, because he, he never, she never got paid. And when she kind of had a grudge about it and then they hadn't spoken in a long time, they finally uh, somewhat recently was going to link back up and maybe be able to, she could put her grievances out and they could squash it. And she was like, even recently, he was like, ain't nobody going to believe you. You know, I don't give a fuck about that. <laughs> Why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> and she was just kind of like, man, that was kind of, I was hurt by that. So now, so yeah, there ain't going to be no Lucy Pearl until we can, I'm not asking him to give me money, but at least, you know, own your part of the situation. You know, it wasn't just some, uh, it wasn't just some nothing that happened. She's like, I lost my house. Like, I worked so hard to, to finally get a house. And then I sign up with you. And, you know, money's funny. And there ain't no money at all. And even when I ask you about it, you play me off about it. And that's so, to me, it's kind of, I, I think of the Will Smith thing. Like, yeah, every, he could sit here and say, well, it's not my problem. But if you're the head of the situation... And you got your people working under you and they not eating or they feeling ripped off. It is something that you should be able to at some point you got to be able to look and say, you know what? I could have done better or you know what? I, I apologize. I'm sorry. You know, I didn't handle it the right way. Could have did it differently. 
Uh, I, I, and I give Will props because he did that, you know, on camera. He's like, hey, I apologize for my side of it. She apologizes for hers. Let's keep it pushing, you know. So, you know, <clears throat> mentioning Lucy Pearl uh, gives me an opportunity to plug in something here. I, I mean, unless we have something else cooking, we got it. We're going to end it. We'll end it after what you say because I got to got to stop here. Go ahead. Okay, uh, I'll be I'll be brief. I was uh, looking into the Puff Daddy Mace beef because I had heard about it. I didn't know about it. I looked into it. And I read this interesting piece on OK Player that came out earlier this year about black music executives. And the author of the piece, I forget his name, but it's on their website. He holds these cats to the feet to the fire. He said, look, you know, Diddy comes out at Grammys last year saying how the Grammy people don't take hip hop and black music seriously and this and that. And he made points. But it's like, Diddy, you're doing the same shit. And then he gave other examples of, you know, deals that Puff Diddy's done. The thing with Mace, Mace sold his publishing to Diddy in 96 for 20 large. Mace didn't know what he was doing. Those things happened. Mace came back years later and said, look, man, here's $2 million. Let me have, you know, what's mine. Diddy told him no. Wow. But the, really, the one that really stuck out to me, though, was the one involving the Neptunes, and I'm going to butcher her name because I'm not familiar with her, Kellis? Kellis? Kellis. Oh, yeah. Kellis. And again, I don't know her music, <clears throat> but she was saying that they had a deal together to split it all one-third, and then it gets done, doesn't come out to be one-third, and the Neptunes are playing her off like, well, you signed it. And she's coming from a place of pure creativity. You know, she's quoted as saying, look, I thought we were three individuals, you know, working as one unit creatively. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. And they do her like this. Not cool. Also, they talked about the whole Tony Braxton thing and TLC. A lot of, you know, black label people get called on the carpet. And it sounds like what's going on with the Lucy Pearl situation. And I'm going to go ahead and be Don Quixote again. Label ain't your friend. Before you sign it, you better read it. The kids from Unlocking the Truth, the little metal band with those old teenagers who were discovered playing on the street and who could really play, they had a deal with Sony that was going to give them $1.7 million. But... You read the fine print. You know, that only kicks in if you sell 250,000 albums each time. If it doesn't, you owe us money. Does that sound familiar? Hmm. And. Yep, yep. All right. It just, it just never fucking ends. And. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you say, you got to know the business you're getting into. <laughs> you got to understand, understand what you're signing. Because understand the terms, yeah. Too many people are saying, why well, I didn't know. God damn it, they're supposed to know. If you don't yeah. know, get around people who do know. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, and, you know, we're going to wrap this up. But, yeah, I mean, it was a record deal. It was the big thing back then. I would imagine now it's all about the the streaming rights mm -hmm. and uh, 
you know, the splits on that and, and all that stuff. So, so publishing, no that's matter, where it is. Yeah, no matter what you're doing, you better get you a lawyer that you can trust. Mm-hmm. But man, I got we're gonna have to wrap it up just like that. We are abrupt into this. But man, this was a good conversation. We're gonna keep these going. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, where can they find Big Sexy Online? The same usual haunts, uh, Facebook, Mark Wiggins, Instagram, Mark Wiggins 2, and Twitter, WSE Mark. All right. And Aunt Pooh. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Aunt Pooh and on uh, PlayStation and Xbox at Aunt Pooh 77. I just finished Spider-Man Miles Morales and uh, I'm looking for something else to get into. How long did it take you and how long did it take your son? Fuck you, Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you listening. We're going to holler at you next time. Work it like a job. Peace.